from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Congratulations to Aaron Judge, Jillio. He secured the bag today. The New York Yankees, after some speculation that the Yankees slugger, the American League home run king, was going to be leaving the Yankees. I know there was John Heyman said that uh, arson judge, a little mis- little typo there. Uh, Aaron Judge was uh, going to be a giant, but that was a little too that was a little premature. So he ends up coming back uh, shortly after 5 a.m. today. The news broke at the winter meetings that he's going to stay with the Yankees. He agreed to a nine-year deal. It's going to pay him $360 million. Uh, this actually is a lot more money than he would have had had he agreed to a $230 million offer that the Yankees uh, were going to pay him via an extension. Of course, we got that 62 home runs and everything else last year, and everybody was all hyped about that. But this is this this was one of those, it was always going to be the Yankees? unless they truly bought into the idea that Aaron Judge hit his peak and it was not going to make sense to sign him to a long-term contract after this past season. You mean after he hit 62 home runs, it was always going to be the Yankees? Yeah. You're right, because the the seven-year deal in the preseason, right? Mm-hmm. $213 million. So he ends up getting 70% more and the two years more. It was the years that mostly was the sticking point on the Yankees' side. On Judge's side, he was like, this is not commensurate with what my value would be on the open market. Yeah. Well, he hit the open market, and the Giants and the Padres helped. He's a California kid. The Giants, on some level, did make some sense. But when you think about it, what is the best fit for Aaron Judge in the park that he plays in? Now, he is a, a superhuman being. Please don't get me wrong. He is a the definition of, a, of an athletic unicorn. He could play anywhere. But the truth of the matter is, at, at his age, too, think about that. That's nine years, Joe. We've seen this before. This is the Albert Pujols rule. <laughs> you better enjoy these next three years because those will be really good deals. Mm-hmm. But the last three years of the deal, he better be some sort of athletic unicorn in order to hold up when he gets into his 38, 39, and 40 years. Here's what I want to know. When Aaron Judge signed this contract, did he work it into the deal that he and Major League Baseball – would be using these Goldilocks balls that a uh, – uh, uh, there's somebody who's been studying the use of different baseballs by Major League Baseball. There's been some accusations that Major League Baseball, it's not the parks that are juiced, it's the balls that are juiced. And that there are some baseballs that are considered dead baseballs, like you're not going to – they don't have that bounce effect. And there are others that do. Those are the juiced balls, the Goldilocks balls. And according to a recent study, it's actually somebody who's been trying to study this for a while, Dr. Meredith Wills. Uh, they've been doing work for the Society of American Baseball Research, and this was published by Insider last night. And a widespread study of over 200 baseballs used during the 2022 season showed that there was a massive variance pointing to a juiced ball, a dead ball, and what they called a Goldilocks ball. It's not the first time, again, that there have been questions about Major League Baseball and what kind of baseballs they use. Dr. Wills previously found in 2019 that Major League Baseball has used that used a new ball, which contributed to baseball's scoring explosion in response to this. And similar studies that Major League Baseball announced 
and it was moving to a new, more dead baseball construction. These balls would be lighter and more consistent, but come off the bat with less velocity, which is aimed to stem the stem the scoring explosion. But again, there's no consistency throughout this. And based on the information's story, or insider story, I should say, that Major League Baseball was very angry at anybody who was donating baseballs to the study. They don't want people to know. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but here is the carcass of the horse, and I have a bat in my hand. And I want to go back to the conversation we had this summer towards the end of the season as Aaron Judge was approaching this home run record in the American League and how everybody was making a big deal about how he's the true home run king because, well, I can't take Barry Bonds seriously well, because he used steroids. And the part that people really have a hard time accepting, they stick their head in the sand when it comes to these these particular things, is that there are so many other factors that go into hitting baseballs that we don't want to know about or we refuse to accept as a reason why you've seen run explosions and everything else. Stadium construction is one of them. This is a hitter-friendly park, by the way, Yankee Stadium, new Yankee Stadium. So that is that is something to consider. And then as we come to find out once again that Major League Baseball has no consistencies in the baseballs that they're using, it's okay to question whether or not these home run records are as universal as you make them out to be in this modern era. Because I can't even trust the baseballs that are being used right now. To go back to Bonds, though. Yes. Bonds is the one, and not not by himself, of course. Of course. Your overall overarching point is valid. Mm-hmm. And that is, you go through different eras of baseball, and for different reasons, what what act, what actually would be considered a level playing field. Yes. Right? Specifically to Bonds, though, and, and comparing this now to Judge, mm-hmm. this implies, now you, the data suggests that the, the, the Goldilocks balls were used during the chase, right? Yeah, so they found At the that end of the season. So 35 Goldilocks balls appeared in four distinct situations. Special commemorative balls used for team anniversaries, All Star Week, postseason play, because mm, you want that action. Yeah, and ten Yankee home games. Huh? Weird. I know some people will point out that they actually, ironically, the Yankees actually went through a scoring slump. Well, <laughs> during well, some of that, but that's the here. So the only thing I would say, vis a vis this argument here, mm-hmm. Bonds willingly cheated the game. Yes, Judge, unless we f- know somehow. That he was the one who picked the special balls. Sure. Didn't willingly cheat. He was the beneficiary of it, potentially. Although I would say if the balls were used at the end of the chase, remember, mm-hmm. he didn't hit that many at the he, end of the he chase. Didn't. He didn't. He Mostly didn't. because he wasn't pitched to. Right. That was a big problem towards the end of it. But your overarching point, I I do not dispute your overarching sure. point that there really is no such thing as a, and there's never been. Given when you go all the way back to Babe Ruth and, mm-hmm. and the game wasn't integrated, mm-hmm. for goodness sake. And then, you, like you have said before about you know, amphetamines, amphetamines and, and other yes. different steroid eras and, and any, other, any other things you want to come up with. The height of the mound, the size of the stadium. Remember, those cookie-cutter stadiums in the 70s, Joe, were not friendly pitchers at use, all. Pitchers using roids. Uh, uh, substances for the pitchers, we the, love, the we Vaseline, the, the, the spider tack, yeah, you spin, name yeah, it. Spin velocity. You name else. it. Uh, stealing signs mm-hmm. with the Astros. So I, I understand your overarching point. I would still push back on Bonds, McGuire, the steroid hey. era, spe- A-Rod, the steroid, David Ortiz, the steroid era specifically. Those guys willingly cheated the mm-hmm. game. So. Sure, sure. I, I, I can't deny that. 
Okay. I cannot deny that. But there's one thing you also can't deny. Much like these Goldilocks balls apparently being used right. in the final home stretch for the Yankees, you know what you still have to do? Whether you're mm. juicing yourself or the yes. balls are juiced, you still got to hit them. Yeah. Okay? And that's not easy. <laughs> that's no. not easy. They're not putting it on a tee for you. Right. <laughs> Although Major League Baseball would consider that if it meant that there was ratings. <laughs> All right, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're into the extra innings. We got to the 12th inning. Bring out the tees. Oh, well, I mean, we already have ghost runners. So. Yeah, that's true. Why not, right? Bring out the tees, or you know what? It'll be coach pitch. We'll go back to that era. Uh, Clay of, Council, get him out there. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. It's the OG. Alongside Joe Giglio, I'm Joe Ovias. If you miss anything from today's show, you can check it out on the best of the OG podcast. You know that you don't dress well on a consistent basis when you show up to work and people are like, what's up with you? Shout out to Capital Broadcast. We had our long-term employee luncheon today. Dennis Cox was in the house today. Although you should have been there, what, two years ago? I should have been. <laughs> yeah, the whole pandemic thing kind of got in the way. A little bit. So we're, we're back to doing cool company events like today's long-term luncheon. So if I fall asleep during the show today, Julio, blame the Angus Barn <laughs> chocolate chest pie. Yeah, you might have to run the board, too, if that's the case. So I might nap underneath this table. Big time. Jealous. I had a blazer on today, although it didn't fit. Ah, if you had asked me to button look good. If you asked me to button that blazer, I couldn't have. Straight up, could not have buttoned that blazer. Pandemic has definitely taken its toll on me. Canes win again last night. Maybe they'll never come home because they've been so good on the road. Right? What? They lost in overtime. Oh, they lost in overtime last Ducks. night. Also, you know, Another one of those games. You know what I'm confusing last night? Because Duke Duke basketball looked really Duke good last night, last actually. Night. I'm, you know what? I think the Angus Barn has hit me right now. Anyway, so the Canes did lose last night. It was Duke that won last night, and NC State won, but maybe lost. We'll get to that next. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Busy night last night. NC State, Coppin State, not necessarily about the competition for the Wolfpack. Injury news. Also at Reynolds Coliseum, curious what um, you know the reaction to what Turquavion Smith had to say about playing at Reynolds Coliseum. Uh, Duke looked good against Iowa last night, although at one point in overtime between what was it between Texas and uh, I can't and who were they playing? Illinois. Illinois, yeah, Texas and Illinois. I I did want to reach through my screen at at nine thirty last night and tell Chris Beard I thought we were here to watch Duke basketball. Mm-hmm. Chris, buddy, let's wrap this up. Come on now. For context purposes, we were at the Final Four. <laughs> and my first time at the Final Four at Radio Row, and it was it really was glorious. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a fun time, yeah. Because it's run by Westwood One, and the coaches are just brought to you like in a car wash style. But they're not forced on you. They're just, they're just kind of like, hey, would you like to talk to such and such? Chris Beard. We yeah. were like, um, well, you know, he was just in that game 
the Texas Texas Tech game. So maybe he knows about rival. Maybe he'll want to talk about rivalries. Yeah, nastiness in a with, rivalry. With, yeah, yeah, with Duke and Carolina, you know, taking on each other in in the Final Four. And I, and I think you framed the question in, in in such a way that it was like, you know, you understand about rivalries, and and you know, you were leaving, and people were getting mad at you, and and he Did had not, none of it. None it of was none of it. I, I I thought we were here to talk about Texas basketball. Yeah, it is the only time in our relationship where I had to be the good cop. Yeah, and as I as I explain, and I'll explain now, I I had a you know like the the brain decision tree. This can go one <laughs> of two ways. Right. I could either go full jerk mode mm. and explain to Chris Beard. Well, we would you could talk, call that Jillio mode. I mean, or, this is this is true. This is go full. I could go full Jillio, <laughs> right? And say, well, we'd love to talk about Texas basketball when you're here at the Final Four playing. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. And I, I just kind of went. Well, you know, look, man, I was just kind of like looking at rivalries, and that's when you stepped in, and you you had it in your back pocket because you know he loves Roy Williams. Yes. So yeah, you, and Roy loves him. And Roy loves went him. Went down there and checked him out. Yep. And you brought Defensive up Roy. Guy. And he was like, yeah, Roy, all right, let's talk all right. Roy. We could do this. Let's talk Roy. Anyway, Canes win, uh, do not win last <laughs> night. I don't know why I keep saying they won last night. Maybe I was maybe I was having a fever dream in overtime that they were going to do it again. Which, by the way, I believe that's now the 10th overtime game that they've played in 26 games. That's insane. I'm too lazy to go to stats and information to see if that's a record at this point in the season. But I've got to imagine that playing 10 overtime games alone, win or lose, 10 overtime games in the first 26 games of the season is an anomaly. This is not something that is uh, normal. But it's been anything but a normal season for the Carolina Hurricanes, right down to the fact that we've got our outdoor game finally in February at Carter-Finley Stadium against the Washington Capitals. Adam Gold does the Canes Corner Podcast. It's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. He brings you two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. You can check out any time you like, but you can never leave. All right, fellas, I got two minutes. Thanks to our friends at Dysart Willis for a really weird road trip to Los Angeles. Normally you go out west and you play a game on a Monday and then you play a game on a Tuesday and then you go up to San Francisco and play San Jose on a Thursday. We get three and four. Nah, not this year. We do something silly like go to L.A. on a Saturday and then we get two days off to hang out at the beach. I don't know. Maybe the guys got on Riviera. I don't Maybe there was sand in their skates. I have no idea. But they had two days off and then they go out, play with a lot of energy, but were a hot mess against the Ducks who were, are the worst team in hockey. First goal, this is what kind of a night it was. A shot goes off of Brett Pesci's throat, drops to the ice. Adam Henrique shoots it in. He beats Piotr Kachetkov. Henrique's 13th career goal against the Hurricanes. He's a killer. The second goal, Jacob Slavin got his pocket picked. Seriously, by Jakob Silverberg, by the way. Another Hurricanes killer. That's a goal. Max Comtois here. Anaheim will punch the puck into the Kane zone. Pat Verbeek. Rebuild it. Ducks it on front of the score. Loose puck in the Kane zone. And Max Comtois gets his first of the year. He missed the last 11 games with a lower body injury. He'll deposit the loose puck past the Kane's netminder. Anaheim goes back on top 2-1. Third goal, all the forwards get caught up ice. They don't seem bothered by coming back, and it's a three-on-one. Brady Shea did the best he could, but that's a goal. And then the fourth goal, listen to this. Now Zegris will finally call for a change. And the Ducks are going to try to take advantage, as Carolina does. Pesci gets back. Shot put on the score. 
takes advantage of the Canes change. And the Ducks get the extra point, 4-3 here tonight. Yeah, the Ducks changed, but they can do it because they're going towards their end. Carolina can't change. Andrei Svechnikov was, I don't know, he was going back to the beach. So you know what? The Hurricanes got what they deserved out of last night. They got a point. They didn't play badly. They just played messy. Now we got to clean it up on Saturday on Long Island. That's Adam Gold. That's two minutes. You can get more in the eight in the Canes Corner podcast. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, you name it. Some, I even see Gold dabbling in that live YouTube for the Canes Corner podcast. Again, it's brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. So NC State gets to win against Coppin State last night at Reynolds Coliseum in their throwback game. Although the news of the day or the, of last night, we don't know really the update on this is Dusan, Dusan Mahorsic. Mahorsic, I'm going to get this name right, was hurt in the game last night. And I'm not, I haven't seen a follow up. I don't know what his prognosis is at this point in time. But I know what NC State fans are thinking when they saw that injury last night is like, here we go again type thing. And it's not like Kevin Keats has a deep squad again for the Wolfpack. They've shown some promise despite the fact that they lost to Pitt on Friday night. But again, there's some promise there for the Wolfpack. They're not going to be at the top of the ACC, but they're certainly not going to be at the bottom of the ACC. They can be an NCAA tournament team, especially when you got guys like Terquavion Smith, who was really great last night. But if you're not that deep and you, you need somebody to clean the glass, you, you need him. That's that's a problem. That's a problem. So we'll obviously give updates uh, when we get them, when it comes to NC State and the roster. But again, with the Wolfpack, man, I know that everybody's down on what happened on Friday night, but from in a, in a busy... Oh, this sp- is worse. What's that? This is worse. This is worse. Yeah, I mean, there's been no, no update yet. They're still waiting to hear back. It was his kneecap. Um, and if you haven't watched State this year, Mahorsic is the energy screener, rebounder, and DJ Burns is, you know, they'll, they'll use him as a scorer. Mm-hmm. In the post, in the five. And you saw it work perfectly in that Butler game where the two of them, you know, combined for 27 points and outplayed Manny uh, Manny Bates. But there is a little bit of a Manny Bates hangover here, right? If if another big gets hurt for, for Kevin Keats, I think a lot of state fans are really not going to be in the mood to hear about, well, our big guy got hurt. You see, well, you see what would have happened was I, I just I, regardless of what happens, I do hope that Kevin Keats did learn a lesson from last year that at some point it became a punchline. Right. It became a punch. I mean, well, and then, of course, even the true punchline, Manny transferring. Yes. At the end. Yes. That's that's what ended up happening. Uh, and they they saw him. They did. And they, and Mahorsic and Burns outplayed him. So, yes, they did. you know, a full circle moment. But you, obviously, NC State hoping for the best here because their schedule at the beginning of the mm-hmm. ACC it, you know the the pit loss could be really damaging for them. So, yeah, they, first and foremost, they need to be healthy. But after that, you got to realize, you know, can't play well against Coppin State. You got to play well against everybody. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. If you missed anything from today's show, you can check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well. Look up 99.9 The Fan. Catch us there. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the likes as well. And even leave a Galaxy Brain comment if you want to as well, <laughs> as, uh, as as Dennis alerted me to on one of the videos that seems to have picked up with Nebraska fans because we're talking about Matt Rule. 